You're listening to the American Girl Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Sydney. And this is the American Girl Fan Club. Kristen, I do have to ask you, what is your AG moment of the week? I'm so excited about my American Girl moment of the week. So this weekend, I recently adopted a dog. Did you really? I did. She is so cute. And American Girl has been showing out with the American Girl dogs, the new adoption stuff. And I honestly was very much inspired. And finally, I did it. I adopted a puppy and she is the sweetest thing. (laughs) So much. I see Minnie Kristen in the background there has her own little dog. Is that inspired by your recent addition to your family? (laughs) Yes. This is the closest dog that resembles my new puppy. And Minnie Kristen, of course, has to have a dog as well. I love that. Well, my, my, AG moment of the week. Um, I have Felicity's Blue China Tea Set from the 90s. um, And after a very stressful day last week, I made myself a cup of tea using her cups and saucers and teapot, which I rarely do. I don't want to break it. It was just such a pick-me-up. It made me so happy. And it was just one of those most calming, lovely things. Like some self-care, some American yes, girl self-care. Yes, the of self-care, exactly. <laughs> On today's episode, we are diving into all things AG nostalgia. And for me, American Girl played such a huge role in my life through the early 2000s. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners feel exactly the same way. Kristen, like, what was your first take of American Girl? I just remember my sister getting them. Like, my sister got Josefina um, for Christmas, and I cannot tell you how jealous I was. <laughs> I wanted one so bad, but she was older than me, so she got uh, American Girl first. Um, next Christmas, I ended up getting Kaya, and oh my gosh, those catalogs. Oh, it, it, That's all I wanted to do is look at the books and look at the catalogs, and it was wonderful. <laughs> so when's the first time you saw one? I first got introduced to American Girls because my cousins were into them, and I would get the catalogs as a toddler, and I would cut them up, which horrifies <laughs> me now. But sometime when I was around six, I think I like really saw Kirsten for the first time, and she totally captured my heart. I wanted to be a pioneer, so seeing her in her little sun bonnet and boots just totally won me over. And I remember begging my grandma, like taking her by the hand, leading her down to the basement where I'd stashed the catalog and begging her to get Kirsten for me for Christmas. And lo and behold, uh, Kirsten showed up under the Christmas tree that year. And it was just oh, amazing. so <laughs> wonderful. I know. And you also have a picture of you and Kirsten in her full outfit. So <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Yeah. I, I was very much a fan of matching my doll in every possible way. <laughs> it definitely comes full circle. <laughs> what things do you remember seeing about American Girl in just this, the early days? Like, what to you is the most nostalgic thing? Oh my gosh. Well, I always wanted Samantha. Samantha yeah. was like my queen. <laughs> uh-huh. Queen doll. I wanted her so badly. I feel like Samantha was a really popular doll for mm-hmm. a lot of young girls. <laughs> um, I actually didn't end up getting Samantha for a very long time. I when I, I used to work for American Girl, so in but like the summer that Samantha returned to the line, yeah. that was my last day of work. Oh. And I was like, took her home that day. Kristen! Uh, so it was the last day I worked there, and I was like, I have to get Samantha before I leave. So happy about that. And this past 35th anniversary, I absolutely yeah, sobbed I seeing them all return. All of everything from the 35th anniversary just had my heart pounding. Like, the American Girl Cafe set... Oh my goodness. Like I never went to an American Girl store as a kid. I guess I did when I was a little bit older, but not during like when like the really fun stuff for me like was the the Circle of Friends musical, American Girl Review, like all of those things, which totally captured my childhood because I had those CDs. Um, I never got to see <laughs> them live. But when I was around seven, 
my best friend and I uh, decided to put on the American Girl Circle of Friends show for my parents in our basement for my birthday. And we like learned all of the lines <laughs> and we practiced like our blocking. And then we put on a terrible rendition, but it was just so much fun. And we ate birthday cake at like midnight. And it's one of my very favorite memories. <laughs> that's the best thing ever. Cause like, that's my favorite thing about American Girl is the storytelling. So I know, me too. Like, me too. I actually never got to see any of the musicals either, which is crazy because that's what I do. I do I know. theater and all this stuff. So I, I've never gotten to see any of the shows, but the Fifth Avenue New York story, mm-hmm. I just remember going there and like, oh my gosh, there's a theater here. And I was so excited about that. One other really prominent example of nostalgia I've been seeing online is talking about the body books or the caring keeping of you books. And I think this taught so many girls about their bodies and puberty and emotions. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I was such a private kid. And talking about anything puberty-related made me just kind of want to melt into the ground. And this book took away so much of that fear that I had in my head around growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the book gave people a chance to just sit down, read it, be it, like, have a moment for themselves to understand and get some information and be able to form questions that they can ask the people they need to ask. absolutely. It was was a wonderful, like, approach to such like touchy subjects and they were written in such an easy to read matter of fact way um also the illustrations were amazing uh, they they did embarrass me a bit as like a nine <laughs> or ten year old kid and i also couldn't look away because it's just like well this is happening to me and i don't know what to do and it was just incredible just to see kind of like the breast development and like how to put in a tampon and just all of these things that kids you know, should feel able to talk to adults about, but might not have that kind of relationship with the adults in their lives. And so having it all in one place just was amazing for me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think those books needed needed to happen. Yes. <laughs> those uh, pictures are super important because it doesn't shy away from reality. You know, it's still, it's, it's of course a child-friendly and appropriate approach to these things, but it's still, it's very serious. It's not going to shy away. It uses actual terminology. And yes. I think that that is so important for kids um, to understand and feel proud of the body they're in. I think exactly. that's a really big thing I took out of that. I couldn't agree more. I, I think also reading like the anecdotes from other girls who had written in, so validating and reassuring and just really important for, you know, kids growing up. You know what's the most exciting thing, though, is that we actually have Dr. Cara Natterson on the podcast today. Uh, Cara is a pediatrician, a New York Times bestselling author, and the co-founder and CEO of Umla, a company designed to make puberty more comfortable, literally, by creating content and products for tweens and teens. Cara is also the author of the American Girls Care and Keeping of You series of books, which have been read by millions. She has been such a huge part of girls' lives for over a decade, and there is still so much nostalgia connected to her books for millennials. I just, I can't wait for you all to meet Dr. Cara. Hi, Dr. Cara. We are so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. So uh, can you share a little bit about yourself and your connection to American Girl uh, for our listeners today? So I'm a pediatrician and I started working in a pediatric office in the year 2000, which was actually two years after the original Care and Keeping book came out. And the very first day that I went to work, my new partner sat me down and they said, there are three things you need to know that you never learned in medical school. One of them is how to treat lice. One of them (laughs) is how to treat pink eye. And one of them is about this book called The Care and Keeping of You. Literally, that was my first day of work. And um, I was very young and didn't know anything about the book. 
And so I went home and I read it and I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. And spent the next many years in practice talking to every single tween, young female and her parents about the care and keeping. And over the years, people begged me, is there something more? Is there care and keeping too? Is there anything else you can give us? <laughs> and then my life changed and I ended up leaving practice and becoming a writer and I wound up at American Girl, and they said, what do you want to do? And I said, <laughs> the care and keeping of you, too. <laughs> and that is how I landed. I mean, it was a longer, crazier story than that, but basically I was very lucky. And on the care and keeping's 15th birthday, I launched an updated original book and the care and keeping, too. And now we have five titles in the series. That's amazing. That's such a full circle moment. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, well, when you when you first released the Care and Keeping of You book, what was the public's reaction? Well, you know, it was already such a cult favorite. Right. But I I never experienced anything like it in my life. I traveled all around the country. I went to almost every American Girl store, which mm -hmm. was epic, so fun. And, um, you know, the questions I got from the kids, from the parents... A lot of these parents, they had experienced the book when they were older teens, if they were younger parents, and because now it was the 15th birthday. Now we're at 26 years, so it's been a really long time um, since the original book came out, and of course, that's plenty of time for a full generation. So we have a lot of parents who grew up with the book or getting the book passed down, And uh, but at the time that I launched the, the new Care and Keeping series, um, it was really just a few young parents who had grown up with it. And then I, I, I can't even count how many people who were discovering it. Um, it, it was, I'll, I'll tell you some crazy numbers. When, um, when we launched the new version, I think 3 million copies of the Care and Keeping had been sold in the first 15 years, which is kind of crazy, right? That's yeah, yeah. bananas. Um, <laughs> I think today, I know we're way over seven for just that book, probably closer to 8 million. And then there's this whole world of other books. So millions and millions of people and they people pass it through families and they pass it to best friends and now there are guidebooks and it's just so it's when you say like what was the react I don't even know there <laughs> there are no words to describe what it's like to be part of this title it is epic why do you think it's been so impactful and like remains so uh, like resident now, like if it, it was so important in the very beginning and so many copies have been sold and it's still being like talked about. And Well, I think what the original book did that was so unique is it decided to not be everything to everyone. It decided to say to eight, nine, 10, 11 year olds, here is a starter book for you to start getting comfortable with your body. Whether that means how you take care of your nails or why your boobs are growing, we're going to walk you through all of it, the most basic and a little less yeah. basic. And yet we're going to stop. We're going to go up to a certain point and then we're going to stop. We don't have to be everything for every age. And up until then, you know, the book I grew up on, it's like 500 pages and <laughs> covers a lot. And that is a wonderful thing in and of itself. But 
it, it makes it scary. And so the care and keeping did the opposite of that. It, it demystified by keeping things simple. And what's incredible, my own daughter, when I launched in 2013, the new care and keeping and the care and keeping two, um, my own daughter was just entering the demographic of kids who read the book. Mm-hmm. And what I watched over the years was how often she and her friends would go back to it. So that's another sort of secret sauce of this book is because it's simple and because right. it's straightforward, sometimes when you have a simple, straightforward question, you feel like, oh, I, I should know this already. I can't go back there. Well, if there's a something basic that can walk you through it and it's tucked under your mattress <laughs> hidden from everyone, you can go back to it. And I think that's the power of this book. So moms who read these books 10 years ago versus moms today, are they still struggling with the same issues for their kids? I think the issues of parenting will always evolve, right? So the hot button issues 10 years ago and the hot button issues today, probably a little bit different. But the core issues around transformation, which is really what I think about when I talk about puberty, it's about transformation. It's about physical, emotional, and social transformation that is all driven by hormones. And when you think about that, there is a really big, thick foundational base that has not changed. It has not changed across many generations. Now, what has changed? Puberty is happening a lot earlier a lot earlier. So today's kids are entering puberty at seven, eight, nine. This is not atypical at all. It's very, very common. And so a generation or two ago, those were kids that were nowhere near puberty. And now those are kids who are very much in it. And that's where the questions are coming up for parents. It's not the same experience in terms of the timeline, and that's confusing to them, and that's scary to them, and they do not know how to handle conversations around moods or body changes with a child who is so young. Yeah, well, I'm curious like, what you have learned as a mother yourself since you have written these books. Well, I've learned that if you write books about puberty, it's really humiliating for your children. <laughs> so that's for sure a big lesson. Um, and if you teach their sex education class, that's also humiliating. I have, it's a sidebar note. Um, but you know I, what I've learned, I, my kids are now 16 and 18. They've really gone through their entire adolescence with me doing this for a living and being very much the voice of all of these books, including my, my son who's 16, who just as he was entering puberty, we were releasing Guy Stuff, the first ever boy-focused right. book from American Girl. And I will say, um, by the way, Karen Keeping and Guy Stuff, same book. Same book. Maybe 10 <laughs> pages are different, but this yeah. this whole experience of transformation has nothing to do with your gender. It just has to do with changing and keeping your body healthy and safe and clean and all those good things. But um, as a mom, what have I learned? I've learned we all make mistakes. Even though I do this for a living, I make mistakes every single day. So I've learned how to have better conversations with my kids. I've learned how to get them to open up a little bit. I've learned when I need to leave things alone. I've learned that you don't always have to communicate verbally, that you can hand them a book or you can text them an article or you can write a quick note and slide it under their door. And those are all strategies that I think came from being part of this title because 
I talked to so many people from so many different corners of this country, and they all gave me these incredible tips about what was working for them. So the gift was mine, really, in writing this book. I feel like people always say, oh, we're so lucky. We have to, and I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky that I have all these voices telling me what puberty was like in their home because my kids have been the beneficiaries. And whenever I have my own kids, like I just really appreciate your perspective on that. And right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so for our last question, um, today's episode is all about nostalgia and looking back at the past and what we loved. And I'm wondering, what are you most nostalgic for? Well, this is going to make me sound old, but I am <laughs> most nostalgic for the days before cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> because when I think back to my adolescence and my puberty, I think about a very free time and a different time. And there are huge gifts in us all being very connected. But boy, was there freedom when we weren't. So it's a blessing and a curse, but that's what I think about. Totally understandable. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you on your social medias? I'm on Instagram and on TikTok. And we have a couple of channels, actually. Umla has two channels, one on each, my.umla. Um, also, for parents, there's Spilling the Puberty on TikTok, which gives you <laughs> lots of answers to how puberty has changed. So you're armed with all the information. And uh, our Instagram channel is The Puberty Podcast. And we do have a podcast where we cover all of this. And before I go, I just have to say, Kristen, that the people who are listening cannot see what I can see behind you. You have three American <laughs> Girl dolls dressed as the cover of the book, I'm obsessed. Thank I'm, you. I, I'm so jealous of that image. That's the best background I've seen in Isn't it amazing? I don't know how long. So thank good. you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. It was fun. That was wonderful. I absolutely loved talking to Dr. Kara and hearing her thoughts about her experience, especially of like being a mom, having written these books. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just such a tough job to address these topics. And she put such care and thought into every single section. Right. Like as we touched on with Dr. Kara, we've seen a huge wave of American girl nostalgia on the rise online. Uh, so many social media trends on TikTok, meme accounts, um, on Instagram that have really been speaking to audiences who grew up with American girl. I think it's really unlocking some major memories that a lot of us share. I can't believe American Girl legs were trending on TikTok and American Girl even responded to somebody's TikTok about American Girl legs. I love that American Girl is having fun on TikTok and having the dolls do so many fun trends and make recipes. I just feel like it's, it's such a great way to tap into the nostalgia of their community and make it relevant today. Speaking of nostalgia and TikTok, there's really no one better to share about all things American Girl nostalgia than Kate Steinberg, a self-proclaimed nostalgia queen. Kate is most known for her hilarious commentary on the 90s and early 2000s. From fashion and beauty to music and all things lifestyle, her daily content is witty with a nostalgic twist. She's amazing. She's grown such a large following on her TikTok platform, bonding over all things 90s and early 2000s. Um, just think like all the butterfly clips, Lizzie McGuire, and of course, American Girl. So many of Kate's American Girl nostalgia videos have gone viral and we can't wait to chat with her to see why she thinks the AG fan base was and still is so strong. We're so excited for you to hear from Kate. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy you're here. I am so excited. <laughs> 
So we wanted to jump in and ask, your TikTok is just like such a time capsule and it's giving us all things early 2000s nostalgia. And I'm wondering, um, why do you think there is such a large appetite for this kind of content? I think that it just takes you back to a place that honestly is just a happier time. I don't know if it's a simpler time or happier time, but just, <laughs> and also I think it's something that everyone can like relate on. Not every situation, but I think it just brings people together when you realize like you did not have one original experience. Like <laughs> everyone was doing the same thing. Yeah. So I think it's just like also another fun aspect. It's just something like, it's an easy thing that everyone can kind of like bond over. Mm-hmm. Well, how long has American Girl been in your life? I would have to say like six. Like it, I grew up with two brothers and American Girl doll was just like the one thing that was mine. Um, I had all the dolls. I did their hair, but the dolls were just like kind of like my best friends. Like when my brothers were always playing together, it was me and my dolls. And the hair book was where it started. The body book, the boy book. It kind of like all stemmed from there. Oh, I love that so much. For me, it was also the hair book. I just, I used those hairstyles on my dolls and myself all the time. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just love seeing kind of the reaction that you're getting on your TikToks. Like what kind of nostalgia, like what kind of reactions are you getting on your nostalgia videos? Anytime I post the care and keeping of you book, Uh it's everyone has a story. Every single person who got that book, it's either their mom gave them the book, their grandma, someone just left the book on their bed. I read one the other day where someone's like, they're like, my mom read me the entire book. And I'm like, get out. Like (laughs) the the thing is like, that book is seriously how I learned about my body Mm -hmm. or like puberty. Like no one told me and that book was what taught me. I remember referencing like, we all know like that page and like, (laughs) there's like that page and that page like was what like raised me. Well, it's not a weird way, but it taught me about like growing up. What's your favorite comment that you've gotten? Like, (laughs) I just love all the ones where people say that their mom gave them the book. And I just love when people just also just randomly comment their dolls. Anytime I bring up American Girl, they're like, oh, I have Kit. And like, it has Aww. nothing to do with the video. <laughs> right. like, Samantha's here. And I'm like, all right, you get, I get it. Like, we're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that your videos are just bringing up so many of those memories for all your followers and everything. It's just, it's so fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Honestly, <laughs> and that's how I first kind of got started on TikTok was with the American Girl doll stuff. So oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah, that was the thing that kind of like kicked it off for me. One big viral moment we saw on your TikTok was you trying out the American Girl hairbook hairstyles. How did you think about doing that? Was that what started it all for you? That was literally the video. Um, I was on TikTok for probably like a year, two years before that. And then my mom found the book at home. One day I just randomly went into the mirror and was like, who remembers this book? (laughs) And then from there, people were commenting like, do this style. And then from there, I was just picking different styles to do. And then... (laughs) Then that stumbled into the body book. And then from there, whenever I just create American Girl doll stuff, like I'll probably do another one this week. Like it's just such a, like, I just love talking about American Girl doll. Like I have to explain to my fiance, I'm like, no, like this is like a thing like millennials bond over. It's not just like for like, yes, there's like little girls who love it, but like still as an adult, it's something we all relate on. Oh, absolutely. Were you, were you surprised by the public's reaction? Yes. I'm like, it's insane. And and also just like how many other, like if you look at American Girl Doll on TikTok, there's uh-huh. so many videos. So many. Like everyone's taking, has their own take on it. And then also American Girl Dolls, like um, TikTok, like I'm like, okay, like you get it. They do, I know. They, like, they really do. So good. Like they're getting <laughs> they're like, nailing it. I love their stuff. I'm like, wait, like, this is funny. Or like they understand like yeah. 
the um, what's going on on TikTok. I'm like, you're not just like here. You exactly yeah, they get the it. culture. Yes. So we saw that Dr. Kara, our previous guest, responded to you on TikTok, and we're wondering, can you share what she posted and what it was like to have Dr. Kara respond to your TikTok? Yeah. So the TikTok was me, um, a video of me pretending to be my mom, handing me the care and keeping of you book, and me just like being super surprised <laughs> that like, what is this book? Um, and I saw she commented, mm-hmm. and then we connected, and. Honestly, it's still one of the most like iconic moments of my life. I, if you would have told like 13-year-old me that I'd be talking to the author of this book, like I would never believe it. But she was just one of the nicest people. She's like still continuing to talk about um like body and mm-hmm. like normalizing it and like puberty. And she also has like an amazing bra line, the softest bras <laughs> I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> Are there any other social media trends that you've seen uh, on American Girl's page or just an American Girl in general that you absolutely love? So I love when people like do the American Girl dolls based on like, like what your American Girl doll says about you or like yeah. what your American Girl doll would order from Starbucks. Like people get super creative. Mm-hmm. Also, I've seen people bust out like the mini houses of the American Girl doll. Do you remember like the mini rooms? I love those. Never had a mini room. And like, I know this is American Girl Doll podcast, but like also growing up, like American Girl Dolls were not cheap. Yeah. And like, it was also one of those things of like, now as an adult, when I create the videos, I can kind of like have whatever world that I want. <laughs> so it's like, I can have all the dolls, like if I want to talk about it like that. But yeah, the, I love when people talk about like the mini homes and dressing like their American Girl Doll. Oh my God. There was a bachelorette party um, that we did a bachelorette party that was based on American Girl and every single person dressed up as their own American Girl doll. Kate, I saw that. And, Amazing. Okay, I did not, know, but that I was is at incredible. The Jesse McCartney concert this weekend, and these four of these girls come up to me and they're like, That was my bachelorette party. Like, <gasps> I'm the bride. What? And I was like, <laughs> She's like, I was Kit. And then she gave me the name of like the local place where I can get like the American Girl doll costumes. I'm just like, Oh my god. I have a bachelorette party. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's what you got to do. Yeah, that's a must do for sure. <laughs> Why do you think that we are seeing such a resurgence of this type of nostalgia specifically? I really just think that in a time that's like, there's a lot happening in the world. I think it's just that there's some sort of comfort when you like talk about the past and um, like, I have fun with it. I feel like it's just like a fun thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, I, again, I think it's the thing that just bonds everybody together. We can all relate on like things that happen as kids and yeah. um, whether it happened to you or not, like you've heard of it. It's just like something fun to like reminisce on. And it also is kind of like when you look back, you're like, that was kind of weird that we wore that or like <laughs> we talk like that or like how also like, I guess maybe that's a bigger thing, how things have changed. Right. Like we're not like downloading music on, C- like, music on CDs anymore. We're not doing mixtapes like mm-hmm. Facebook top eight, like things have changed so much. And like now in like 20 years, who knows if we'll like, what's going to be next? Yeah. Well, that leads right into what I was going to ask next. What type of nostalgia trend do you hope to see from the AG community? Ooh, I would love to see a um, group gathering, like American Girl Doll, like millennial gatherings. And like specifically, I would love to see an American Girl Doll boozy brunch. (laughs) Like a specifically (laughs) themed, if I'm just going to say it, it has to be a boozy brunch. Um, I actually tried to put one together here in Chicago and I posted it on April Fool's saying like, I need nine people to come with me. Like I'm hosting a brunch and everyone thought it was an April Fool's joke. And so no. I took it down no. and then I'm like, all right. And so then I canceled the reservation. I actually need to do it again. But I just want to like, I think it's just so fun to like, I'd meet new people. Absolutely. Everybody was like, I'll bring out my doll. And like, I think everyone just like still has their dolls in the back of their closet. If you're like 30 or older, like they're still there. I'm never throwing mm-hmm. out my doll. 
Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Can so I like, get rid of right 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 my doll? <laughs> what, what are you personally most nostalgic for? I'm a sucker for butterfly clips. Like <laughs> butterfly clips are like my home. I've started wearing them again. Like I'm like obsessed with all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm even wearing a butterfly shirt now. <laughs> awesome. It's so wonderful. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where where can people find you on social media? Yes, um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at it's Kate Steinberg. Perfect. Thank Great. you so thank much. You. Yes, thank you guys for having me. So Sydney, I think the biggest takeaway I've gotten from all of this is that we all are so nostalgic (laughs) because we all share so much of the same things when it comes to American Girl. Uh, The Karen Keeping of You books, the TikTok videos that we all keep relating to. Uh, Dr. Cara may feel nostalgic for a time without cell phones. Oh yeah. But I think that's one thing that's been keeping the nostalgia alive right now because we all can share the things that we are longing for for so long. Yes. The American Girl dolls, the relation to the Karen Keeping of You books and so many things that we all miss. And we can share it all on social media and still have that connection. Absolutely. That's just such a good point. And I'm just thinking of what Kate was saying, where she's just so like tied to all of the commenters and the people who are sharing their stories about the videos. And I love that she was able to also connect with Dr. Cara. I mean, yes, going back to a a simpler time is kind of where we all were when we grew up with our love for American Girl. But now in today's time, like we can connect with each other so much more easily because we have all of this technology. And it's just so fun that we're able to see this love for American Girl so prominently. Um, And I'm not the only one who loves nostalgia. Uh, We have this wonderful voicemail from an American Girl fan, and I'd love to listen to it now. At the tone, please record your message. Hey, Sydney, it's Abby. I wanted to call and, and leave my uh, my easy story. Um, I love and love American Girl for so many reasons. It was such a fun way to connect with history and with girls of past generations. Um, but what I think was so special to me about American Girl was that it really inspired me and and, and taught me how to be a storyteller and, and, and the power of sharing stories. My favorite character had always been Kit. And I don't know if it was because uh, she was the doll that looked the most like me, but um, I absolutely fell in love with Kit and her story during the Great Depression. Uh, and I was inspired by her passion for writing and storytelling. And to this very day, you know, I love to write and I, and I aspire to be uh, as, as prolific of a storyteller as Kit was. Um, I just have such fond memories and reading the American Girl books with Kit tucked under my arm. My favorite thing in the world was to wear the same outfit as Kit. So we had a number of matching outfits, but it was so magical. And I, I really look forward to sharing that magic with any future children I have, uh, or just anyone who's ever down to talk about American Girl. Even as an adult, when someone mentions American Girl, I'm like, okay, tell me more. Uh, who is your favorite character? Who did you identify with? Because I think that our favorite characters uh, can really tell us a lot about ourselves. So thanks for spreading the magic of American Girl, as always. 
Thank you so much for listening to the American Girl Fan Club. And don't forget to write a review wherever you get podcasts. It really helps us out. If you are 18 and older, you can also give us a call at 206-395-6096 to share your favorite American Girl stories on our voicemail. And we might even share some of them on the show. And while you're at it, you can check out my Instagram account, Five Hens and a Cockatiel. And my Instagram, AG underscore for all ages. And don't be afraid to DM us. And you can follow American Girl on Instagram at American Girl Brand for more updates on your favorite dolls, books, and of course, the shows on the American Girl Podcast Network.